Al-Bayan Radio presents The Muslim Mindset, hosted by Adnan al-Sheikh and Ahmed Rafiq. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You're joining us on another episode of The Muslim Mindset. Episode 23, if I'm correct, I saw the, the poster today. Did you have a look at it? 23, <laughs> I'm like, no, it cannot be 23. No, I think it was 24. Wow. Wa alaikum salam. I'll just check to see what time we start. <laughs> <laughs> What do you mean? Oh no, it says what time we start. Oh, that's the only reason why I look at the flyer. Yeah. It was in green, so it was in an awkward, not an awkward colour, it was in a different colour. So I'm like, oh well, yeah. call uh, my attention. Yeah, man, but we're coming to an end. We've got, what, like 10 chapters left. Yeah. Uh, less than, I think, 50 pages left. So we're close to wrapping it up. What I'm happy about is the consistency, to be honest. Even though it was been, it's been an off and on, but the 23, even though I can't believe it, it just shows that you keep to something, you finish it off. Yeah, that's it. Alhamdulillah. We'll, we're almost there, so we'll wait till we get there, then we can, we can celebrate. Be, the last page will be no one here? We start at the four, then three, now we're two. Uh, <laughs> you know what? Next week, how about you present on your own? Uh, you talk to yourself. You're like, keep running around. You're back good and at forth. that stuff. I'm not good at that. <laughs> talk how to the wall. Alhamdulillah, man. How are you? Not too bad. This is awkward seating, bro. Nah, I like <laughs> it. It's, it's cozy. Nice. You know, it's cold. Come close, bro. <laughs> 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 no, I actually like it. Inshallah, the band's got a new setup. We do, we the mics look fancy. Time. I like them. Yeah, it's very nice. Alhamdulillah. May Allah bless their, bless their, you know, their affairs and all that they do. Inshallah, it leads to people strengthening their man and others joining the faith. Inshallah. Alban does a lot of good work, alhamdulillah. Do you know how many people listen to this? You know what? It has to be more than one. Because I know your mom's listening. (laughs) 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 My mom's probably not. (laughs) My Um, wife used to listen. Yeah, used to. Yeah. After the first two, she's like, I see your voice every day. Yeah. Plus, you lecture at home anyway. Yeah, I thought the same thing. (laughs) Alhamdulillah. We we, we left off. Last um, one was good, I have to say. You weren't there, that's why. No, I was, yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I was actually good. I was cheering. I was like, wow, I'm you know sure what? you guys yeah. killed it. I actually, I liked those chapters a lot. Yeah, I could they tell. They were very good chapters. Yeah, these these couple chapters now, you know, they hate As going, Ahmed says, they're all the same. Uh, you hate it when I say it, but you know it's true. So I'm going to let you kick it off, bro, unless you want me to do the honors. Be courteous, even if you are unable to help. Yeah, um, my was help by your speech if you cannot if you cannot do so in any other way. And the first dot point is like, slap me in the face, because he was talking to me. Some of yeah. the most difficult moments in one's life arise when individuals seek your help and you have to send them away empty-handed. It's something I struggle to tell people no, or I can't help. <laughs> it bats me. Uh, forgive me for laughing, bro, but that's no, true. Yeah. This is, for anyone, that, for anyone that doesn't know Adnan, this is Adnan's vicious cycle. Yeah, bro, you're going to come Some, tomorrow, yeah. Someone will ask him a favor, or to take up a task, you're like, yeah, no problem. Then another person will ask him a favor or take up a task, yeah, no problem. And he'll do this for a while. And then two months later, he's like, bro, Ahmed, or whoever he's talking, I've taken up too much, bro. That's how I'm sacking them all. <laughs> <laughs> he ghosts everyone. He ghosts everyone. Yeah. You know, see him, gains a couple kilos. <laughs> it was like on Saturday, bro. Someone got out of a car accident. I had to go up and take up the car. Oh, may Allah reward you, bro. He's hinting He came and helped me out You guys need any Panel beating services You can hire me (laughs) That was just a free trial (laughs) We use him as the hammer (laughs) 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 Nah but um, That's actually But that's a good quality That you have In all honesty You you take up a lot of tasks 
they're not necessarily are helping others. Some a lot sometimes like it's helping your friends and you join a class and so on and yeah. so forth. You're not necessarily helping others, but you're gaining from it. Um, but other times, yeah, you do. Oh, I hope you are. Are you giving advice and so on and so forth, which is good. But you also got to know your limitations, right? That's I'm just the softy. That's I can't the thing. help. I don't like upsetting people. Yeah, except today at work, huh? What? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, but you gotta know your limitations, no? Isn't that yeah? That's isn't why that better to know your limitations and therefore know when you can't help someone? Like for instance, you ask me, "Oh, bro, can I get a ten thousand dollar loan?" I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, sure." And in my mind, I know I don't have ten thousand dollars, but I'm like to myself, you know, I'll go source it, I'll fundraise this, yeah. this, that. That's I'm limited, right? Why do I need to say, yeah, yeah, I got you covered yeah. and then have to go and try and fundraise and do something else elsewhere? 100%. Like, you know, you know what I mean? That that may be a very bad example. No, and although it's, a, it's like a Western mindset you hear often, oh, focus on you first. It's kind of true, maybe not wrong, to be honest, but that's what I've been, not, not yeah, starting to do recently is like, all right, you can't help others if you've got nothing to give, you know? So focus on you first, make sure you're good and happy and then whatever you're capable, then go for it. Yeah, look, the that concept is heavily rooted in Islam, right? Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Yeah, you ladin amunu anfusakum wa ahlikum nara." Protect yourself. It doesn't say, oh, protect your friends," and then protect yourself from the fire. It's protect yourself, and then those that are around you from the fire. Now, like you said, you can't benefit others unless you really benefit yourself, and that's what this chapter is about. And this whole book is trying to benefit others. So. I can benefit you if I'm a successful businessman. I can help you business-wise. I can benefit you if I'm knowledgeable by giving you knowledge yeah. and so on and so forth, advice and so on and so forth. I need to accrue these skills in order to in order to give them. That's right. You can't give what you don't have, right? Yeah. So that that was the chapter. But one thing that we all have, okay, that we need to be mindful of is is a tongue, yeah, and that's, that's what the chapter. Pretty much for came me, down it was more to. of like, yeah, ups- you're gonna upset people if you're unable to help, but make it up with them by saying something nice, leaving them. That's right. Nice so, you, you, I'm not able to help you on the weekend, you know, you need a hand moving houses because I've got other, I've got work or whatever it may be, or you need money, I don't have the money, but I can help you by either giving you advice or by making a dua for you, which comes in the next chapter. Or by gently but nicely declining the offer that is given to me. Does that make yeah. sense? Um, and that's how we should be, you know. Like, as we said before in the previous chapters, the tongue is king. So you can use it, you you know, like like I'll give you an example and then I'll let you chime in. You might be like, oh, bro, can I borrow $1,000? No, I guess I kiss off, bro, sorry. Yeah. I don't got it. I was like, look. May Allah, you know, may Allah straighten your affairs and, you know, rid you of all your debts. I don't have a thousand dollars, I can, but I can get the ball rolling. Perhaps I'll give you a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, and say I don't even have the hundred dollars. May Allah straighten your affairs. Look, let me, let me, yeah, if I had, you'd be the first person I'd give. And you know what? Let me, let me see if I can help you in any other way. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that that's, that's pretty much it. Rejecting people nicely. And I think for me, it, even when it hits them, that's why when I when people like me or similar, I find that if I'm gonna reject someone, I'm like, oh, they're gonna lash out. They're gonna think I'm a bakhir. They're gonna think I'm a, you know, I'm just rejecting them. I'm sacking them. I don't like them or whatever it is. So he says here, like you'll find at times people accusing you of stinginess, other times be- being selfish or 
accusing you of something else. You know, that's in the back of my head. Oh, if I don't give him, he's going to think that. Oh, if I don't help him out, he's going to think that. You know what, but that's, uh, that's something, that's a fault within them. Yeah. Now, even more, some people mm, might not be like that. More so than anything, I think that's a fault within them. Like, if I ask you for advice or ask you for something and you say no, why the hell would I start thinking, oh, this guy's a tight ass or... You know what, like, one, you're not obliged to help me. Yeah. Two, you know, I don't know your situation. So it's from the Islamic narrative that we have Husnudlan, you know, and assume that, okay, he's got something else going on, whatever it may be, come up with, I don't know, what the what's the number, 70 excuses? Something like that. 70 excuses before you, you, you come to a conclusion of some sort. So, look, um, don't get me wrong, sometimes the person is ill-mannered or a tight ass or they don't ha- they're just lazy but you shouldn't assume that from yeah. the get-go if they if they unable to help you and you require assistance yeah so that was that it's good and i think most of the chapter was saying how to be uh, what's the word called exactly how to be nice and declining and being a bit smart about it you know so being an expert and getting out of tight situations so yeah. someone invites you to dinner um ahmed's not gonna like this um not lying, but saying, oh, you're busy. You know, just getting out of it without lying. Well, oh, you, yeah. That's the standard line. Oh, I'm busy. What are you busy with? Nothing. Nothing. Don't I'm ask. busy with nothing. Don't ask. No, not even don't ask, but like <laughs> some people, not you, other people, like they put questions, they put questions like, I don't, I can't, not, I can't be bothered answering, but like, Carlos, answering it is going to, is, is a worse thing to do. You have your own internal struggles, yeah, bro. Yeah, you need a counselor. I've got a thousand thoughts in my head. <laughs> you bro. need a counselor. I need a counselor. I need sleep. <laughs> no, but the the author went into actually the the Treaty of Hudaybiyah. Yeah, that one was a pretty good example, and it's a hard one as, as well. Like you know what? When I got into, I'm like, why? What's he? Why is this in here? Yeah. Like the when I looked at the chapter heading, so it was like 15 pages for this one chapter. I'm like, come on, man, what's going on here? And then the it was pretty much all the whole thing was the story of. And I think there's many lessons from that story. Firstly, I think the most obvious one is where the Treaty of Hadavia, where the Prophet made an agreement with the Meccans or Quraysh, saying, "Look, um, anyone that becomes a Muslim from Mecca and comes to Medina will send them back to Medina." Um, back to Mecca and anyone from Medina that um, apostates apostates goes back to Mecca they can accept them so essentially the non-Muslims had the upper uh, hand see I didn't yeah to me I never understood that like I was like man and like the Sahabu in the same boat I guess yeah like, how is that of any benefit to the Muslims in any way shape or form I think it was the Prophet trying to not please them but sort of I read it it was like a sort soften, of Dawah thing yes, soften so, them soften so their hearts, not, yeah, yeah. But ultimately, it did benefit the Muslims as well as they, yeah. you know, the the Muslims. Uh, Abu Jasir, was it Abu Jali, Abu Jandal, uh, Abu Basir, Abu Basir, yeah. who Abu Basir ended up, you know, hijacking Running. all the caravans and so on. Yeah, and so, so forth. for that, there's like two things to it. It's like, okay, you've made a deal and you've got to reject all the Muslims that run to you. Imagine you're in a prophet's shoes and saying no, how your heart would break. Like these guys ran from Mecca to Medina. It's like a four-hour bus ride. I don't know how long it would have been back then. Six hours. Six hours. Back then, what? Three two days weeks. traveling or something. Two weeks. Get out of here, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Six, well. Six hours by bus, bro. That's like Flying. flooring, huh? Yeah, <laughs> the guys actually flooring. <laughs> Non-stop, yeah, they, they do. They floor it, yeah. And yeah, then, subhanallah. imagine by camel or horse or walking. Yeah, and imagine going, but the thing is, what? imagine going there and getting rejected, bro. 
That's yeah. what was the second spin on it for me is how they stayed Muslim when they ran all the way there and to get rejected and they still didn't shake in their iman and went upset like oh what the heck you know I traveled that long. I I actually thought that as well. Like, but it just shows you that the faith is independent on the actions of others. Your faith shouldn't be dependent on the action of others. That's well. it's your commitment and your conviction to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. Because no matter where you are, who you're with, whatever it may be. The, the faith is the same, right? Yeah. Doesn't matter Should be, yeah. what you do to me or what I do to you. The fa- the truth is the truth and it stays that way. It's a good point. A tangent we're going off, but I'm happy to go there. Is like, I know a couple of guys or work with or whatever it is. They're from so-called Muslim company. Uh, Muslim, sorry, country where they come from Australia and then they uh, they become atheists. They become murtad. They don't care about Islam and stuff. So I, I like speaking to them and asking them and figuring out why, like what? made them talk and they get it it gets a bit awkward because you know it's a touchy subject but i'm i'm open with them because like, they know they're in the wrong <laughs> yeah or they feel like I, i'm thinking bad against them and to be honest i'm not uh, well, i couldn't really care but i was i was speaking to them and a lot of them saying oh i don't want to become muslim anymore is because of the actions of others and in my head and i told them and i admitted it, it's like why are you letting those so-called muslim leaders that you say they're hypocritical they they, they force you to learn islam in your in your schools and they're doing the opposite why are you letting the dictator or the po- uh, politician affect your understanding faith. or fa- affect, affect your faith? It's yeah. like, oh, he's a hypocrite. I'm like, all right, that's I really agree he's a hypocrite. So why are you still not Muslim for? If you yeah. agree that Muslim teaches you, being a Muslim teaches you all the right ethics and morals and, and, and standards, why are you saying no to Islam if you know that it's the action of one person that's wrong? And for if you want to get into that, like one, they're fake. They're, it's a fake excuse. Yeah. Fake excuse. The reason is they want to chase their desires. Yeah. They're not able to chase their desires back home because of the rules and regulations back there. Yeah. Okay. They come here. They want to chase their desires, and they do see the hypocrisy of their leaders. So then they just leave because it's it's like easier. It's it excuse something. It's easier. It's it's definitely easier to to not believe. Right. Yeah. Like in certain in certain aspects, it's much easier. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. That's right. Especially when you're in Australia, like it's becoming much, much, much more harder to stay Muslim. Yeah, but look, it's I know we're going off tangents, but I mean oh, it's it's good. it's benefit, right? The tongue is benefiting, so to speak. The uh, the opposite side. Um, man, I lost my train of thought. Oh uh, yeah, so how it's difficult, more yeah. difficult to you're saying it's more and more difficult to be Muslim, but at the same time. I find that Islam makes it easier to deal with the world. And what I mean by that, like, I can't, I can imagine if I didn't have the faith, Alhamdulillah, I have the faith, being in the situation that, you know, or anyone, in a situation that they're in, finances-wise, or something goes wrong in their life, and so on and so forth, you'll fall into depression and sadness, and, oh, what the hell, I'm going to live on the street, and... Your stress and anxiety, you f- you start fearing what's gonna happen, but Islam makes it easy on me when I know that I should, you know, have to work in Allah's plan, do my part, you know, and know that at the end of the day, this is a temporary life. Then it makes it easier to deal with the sorrows of this world. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's not it's not easy necessarily. For instance, is it easier to not pray or to pray? Sure, it's easier to not pray. Yeah. You're out and about, you know, go try and find the source of water and a clean area to pray, figure out where the qibla is. Yeah. It's easier to just go by your day. But 
is it easier to stress about your life and this and that because you have no idea what's going to ha- be your final abode and what the hell life is going to bring or or is it easier to deal with the stresses of life but at the end of the day you, your heart is somewhat content you know you know that there's a greater plan here and you know it's That's better for you whatever you might think is this stressful or hard for you it's at the end of the day it, it can be better for you uh, it will be better that's for you. honestly the blessing of islam is that it's a din din it's like a way of life and it has an answer for absolutely every situation yeah that's what it is and no that's matter, what i mean like it, it does make it easier for us for, for the for these, the poor it's being grateful for the rich is giving back to the poor and 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 a, and a honest and being a circle for to being grateful for to what you have and being uh, accepting of what Allah has given you of the, of the bad, having future good good faith and knowing that even okay if you're in a very bad situation, khalas, Allah's given us for the oppressed, Allah's given us Jannah and Jahannam. You know He's He's not going to take away from your heart. The poor enter Jannah before the rich and so on yeah. and so forth. Less less accountability. So there's always like a. Um, I was like, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's, and I was listening to a podcast with for with um Jordan Peterson and Hamza yeah. Yusuf. I saw that. Um, and Hamza Yusuf, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, was saying that he came across some guy in a hotel lobby. He's drinking a beer, and he's reading a translation of the Quran at the same time. Yeah, he's like, and he approached him. He's like, "How's the read?" He's like, "Wow, this is the, one of the greatest books I've ever read." <laughs> He's not a Muslim. Yeah. He's like, it's always, but it's like a constant roller coaster of tension and release, tension and release. Like, and what he meant by that was like, you know, it will talk about the sinners and their final abode, and but then it will follow that up with those that are righteous and their final abode. Like, yeah. you get tense, oh, and then the release. You know what I mean? So, there's always a release for. The righteous and the and the yeah, good Muslim, exactly. and, and I think I mean. as well, like Islam, naturally, so, um, those people that are like um, you hear a lot of people like uh, just normal Western, like it's caught in a rat race. Oh, they get bored, they're sick of working, they question their life. I think Islam gives you naturally, honestly, these checkpoints where different stages at your life, there's different things for you to do and for you to achieve. Like growing up, for example, being a youth, you're focusing on yourself and you're learning your Islam and etc. Then going to getting married and doing it the right way and the things of being, you know, a husband and wife, and as well the when kids teaching your, teaching your kids, and then there's also Ramadan to Ramadan, that checkpoint of all right, what reflecting on the past year and moving forward, and then there's also Hajj, that's that comes when people are average in a, in Australia, probably when you're average age twenty to thirty, you know, so it always gives you something different because you hear a lot of people I'm hearing recently, oh, you know, I'm sick of life, what I've got to do, I'm working, going home, paying up my mortgage, and that's it, you know, they don't have anything extracurricular at all. They go play soccer on a weekend, but they watch the cricket and they go to sleep. <laughs> and yeah, they go to bro. Some guys have no life, bro. Wallah, like some guys at my work, bro. They're at a job site at four a.m. Ahmed, four a.m. four thirty. And I was like joking. One of the guys I was working with, he's never done that, and he was laughing because he's a Fijian guy, he's a lot more relaxed. He's like, I was on a job site with and with Jimmy, and he was making me making me use a torch. So I couldn't even see the ground. I'm walking over the torch, looking. What am I supposed to be doing? <laughs> I can imagine he cracked up. Yeah, oh my god. And then Subhanallah, that's that's his lifestyle. <laughs> Sleeps sharp at 8 a.m., 8 p.m., sorry. He's up and he's he's on the job at 4, 4 a.m. in the morning. What a buzzard guy. Like, what a hayat, man. Yeah, straight up. Yeah, may Allah guide us all, guide them all to Islam and keep us all steadfast. 
Yeah, man. So let's go back to the topic because we <laughs> we can go on forever, and we got to finish uh, off before Aisha. Um, uh, that was pretty much it for me on this chapter, really. Um, yeah. I'll add a couple of things that I, I yeah, was going to add as well. Yeah. Is when when that guy Abu Basir, when a Sahab Abu Basir ran to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you know, in Medina, and the Prophet knew he had to reject him, like he had to keep his his part of the contract. Um, I think the way he he, he he tried to leave a nice impression with Abu Basir, oh, of course he left a nice impression by saying, what a warrior, to Abu Basir and complimenting him even when he had to reject him and saying, going back to Medina. Yeah. To instill that love that, look, we're not rejecting you, we're not looking away from you, we, we agree with you, we understand your pain, but at this point in time, doesn't allow for it, for yeah. example, you know, so didn't, as if push him away, it was like, you know. Yeah. Giving him that um, appreciation or the acceptance, saying, "Look, you're not wrong." We acknowledge what yeah. the effort and what you've done, and Spanla, like, I don't want to get into the the Treaty of Hudaybiyah, but it just shows you the character that a Muslim should have. That when they give their word, they stick to it. Yeah. No matter whether it's to Jamal or James, yeah. you know what I mean. You Muslim or non-Muslim. Even if it's not a signed contract, a verbal contract. Yeah, definitely. I give you my word, I'm going to be here at this time. I give you my word, you give me this much money, I'll do this service for you. Yeah. I give you my word that I'll stop doing this, you stop doing that, or I do this, you do that, whatever it may be. There's a thousand and one things that yeah. you can promise and agree to. But ultimately, a true Muslim sticks to their word, no matter what the situation is. Obviously, there'll be times where you'll require, you know, um, like a leniency. Or yeah, it's different. Yeah, but you still try your hardest to stick to your word. Yeah. And that's that's really it. I think as well, honestly, it's the proof of, of being a man or like respectful, you know. People that are, are respected or that I can think of all have that thing where when they say it, they mean it. You know, you're not doubting yourself. Ah, oh, you know, he's not going to do it again or whatever it is. It's like, no, no. He said it. I'm. Tr- he's gonna do it. Trust me. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's very, f- very rare. Fire and fume between that have yeah. that, that trait. That's why it sticks out. Like how uh, weird it is that, that now that trait is the one that sticks out. Where it should be a trait of every well, person. Or well, even that's what the Prophet says. Like the signs of a hypocrite or a liar is that when so a hypocrite is that when he speaks he lies. Right. When he makes a promise he breaks it. These are the signs of the hip- of the hypocrites, and they're the worst of worst of the people. So uh, it's. Nothing to be proud about or, you know. Did you, hear, did you read the last part? It was funny. The yeah, with the wife, <laughs> the husband. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't even get it, to be honest. I don't understand why he was so mean to her. She was so nice. Because imagine he's on his deathbed. He's not on his deathbed. I'm pretty sure he was. He's just stressed about life. Yeah, he's, he's stressed about life. He had on his old shack, everything breaking down. <laughs> and then she's telling him, oh, I wish we had this and this and this and that. <coughs> no. He's probably thinking he's a failure. He's got so much debt. No, she didn't say, I wish this. I wish that one day you own a huge house. Yeah, we own the huge house to enjoy. Whatever, the guy's at the end of his life. So he's thinking, what a failure I've been. I couldn't give this to my family. And that's what, like, you know, you don't want to hear it. That's what she wants. Like, you know, he's trying to give it all the best. And then he's like, I wish you died, (laughs) pretty much. (laughs) 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 I wish one of the the trunks hit you in the head. That's better. And splits it open. (laughs) No, no, I didn't get that one. See, I'm telling you, bro, he's just a... Edited every sentence. He's reading it backwards. <laughs> Have you done that when you're at uni? Uh, yeah. To get away with the copyright, or not the copyright. What's the co- plagiarism? You just write the sentence backwards. Switch it, switch it around. Yeah, for sure. Supplication. Um, yeah, wrap us up then. You gotta wrap us up. We have got whoever. Uh, there's two hadiths. Is there any, is there anything that throws people into hellfire upon their faces on or on their noses except the 
the harvests of their tongues, and whoever guarantees me the chastity of what is between the legs and what is between his or her jaws, I guarantee in paradise. Are you were speaking about that last one or the one before? I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, because there's been a few chapters on the tongue. Yeah, we've definitely mentioned that. That um, hadith. supplication. Yeah, so supplication. This ties in very nicely with using your, you know, your, your words, you know, your speech to really bring someone to your side or make them more inclined or happy yeah. or so so on and so forth. And can be used in, con- I think, conjunction with the previous one. You know, if you can't fulfill someone's promise, making a dua for them, yeah, or whatever it is. Always brightens their mood. Yeah, and it was ultimately it wasn't this chapter wasn't about how to make du'a, what are the best du'as, what times to make du'a, you know, what state to be in when you make du'a, so and so forth. So it wasn't regarding the fiqh of du'a, but it was more so telling us what is what the benefits of du'a can have on another person, in the sense that you know I can make you know. And then very overly joyed by saying, "May Allah bless you with righteous children, uh, and, uh, and a fruitful progeny." You mm. know, something like that. That'll make Adnan happy. You smile, and then he make du'a for me as well. And the angels make du'a for me. So it was ultimately about supplicating for someone else. You know, to really make them happy. I'll tell you a little secret that always works. What? If you're a man, especially. Like, you know, if someone gets married, or like when I got married, someone's all these old men congratulating me, and you say, I bet like Tommy, just their eyes light up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what? I used to, I was just fun, actually. I was thinking about it. In a reverse card. There was this one person, they get happy, bro. Yeah. They, they get so happy. I bet, oh, yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you for me so much. They're like, oh, for me, sisters, you know, two sisters, one for me, one for you. <laughs> um, but there was this one brother. I caught. I actually caught up with him over the phone <coughs> this week, and I I remember him mainly for this dua that he used to make. It was a very unique and never heard that dua before in my life. Yeah. And even the sheikh says that he says that when you make dua for someone, like you know, I'm not gonna say you know Allah zikr khair because everyone says that. Says that. Look, uh, whether you want to say that or not, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's a dua at the end of the day, and it's therefore, inshallah, you know, something good. But if you make something a bit more unique, specific to the person and the, the situation, then it's more likely to have an impact. Yeah. Right? Does that make sense? 100%. Um, so this guy, it wasn't necessarily unique or specific to my situation, but it was a unique dua. He would say, may Allah bless you. Oh, this was like when I was 17, 18. It's like, may Allah bless you with a wife that doesn't fast or doesn't pray. I'm like, what? He's like, the hood, bro. The hood. Oh. The hood. That I'm fasting, that I'm praying. I'm like, bro, you're a cracko. <laughs> never even thought of that. I never thought of that either. I'm like, bro, what the hell is. Do you, you want to punch That's on? Good, you want to punch on, bro? <laughs> 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 do you want to punch on? <laughs> no, he's like, no, the hood, bro. And you know what? Unique to ah, he used to say it. You know, he used to say it to make the person laugh, but also. At the end of the day, it's ultimately it's grant, asking someone to asking Allah to grant them jannah, jannah yeah. right? Because that's the only place you get the hope. So, I remember him for that dua, and I will never forget him. And when I caught up with him over the phone, I'm like, he didn't know who it was when I called him. <coughs> I'm like, bro, do you remember? I'm like, because I wasn't saying my name. I'm like, you used to say this dua for me all the time. He's like, bro, I said dua for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and once I told him it was, yeah, we, and then we caught up, and inshallah. We went on. We caught up for a while, for a while over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but look, that guy, like I said, ultimately stood he, out. Stood and out, and he, I'll forever remember him as 
Dhuhur guy. Dhuhur guy, yeah, <laughs> but and I'll make Dhuhur for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's what he really wants. You know, he makes Dhuhur for like, people. Who, oh, of course, he loves. He would love that Dhuhur. He just says, just say I mean, that's why he wants it. I mean, um. And the Sheikh made similar stories. Yeah, but especially about the cigarette one that stood out to me. Um, man, you know when he was talking to the cameraman and the cameraman is like, don't advise me. There's no point. He was like insistent. My blood was boiling. I'm like, bro, man. how many people, especially for smoking, do you know that you speak to? They're like, oh, there's no point in telling me. And like at work, for instance, I'll advise someone, not necessarily Islamically, for the sake of their eye health you know I'll tell him oh you know you should stop smoking this that it's better for your eyes and so on and so forth and I'm like oh move on move on don't bother like yeah. I've been smoking for 20, 30, 40 years 50 years what are you going to tell me inshallah I'll die tomorrow I wouldn't stop smoking you tell me I'm going to die tomorrow that's a, that's yeah. literally what they tell me if I, if I was to die tomorrow I'm not going to quit smoking like as if it's I hate that mentality I hate that mentality as well. Like this, like they're so ready for death and not scared of anything. You know what I mean? Um, and they love like I think they're so uh, to the sin attached. No, not attached. They're just over it. Like doesn't doesn't have an impact for them anymore. Mm. Yeah, desensitized. Yeah, desensitized. You know what? A lot of people still think that it's not haram. Bro, I was telling you, um, this is generation that. You follow like your crowd, so even like the the proper wearing of the scarf or whatever it is, it's a lot of people genuinely don't know, especially like girls that don't actually know, but they see how others wear it in the street, and I think that's literally the right way to wear it. Yeah. So my wife was saying like her friends, she was literally shocked when you told her you've got to be covering your ankles and you can't be showing your neck. She's like, what do you mean? Like the whole green acre, the whole banks, the whole freaking area does it. Yeah. You know, and she was actually genuinely shocked. She didn't under- she didn't know. Yeah. So this it's a thing for all people to t- teach your families and teach your kids religion and. Yeah, yeah it's The thing is, well, with, with the smoking is there was a time where it was considered yeah. just makro as well, and they no, they they, they like touch yeah and run with it, you know, like yeah, it's not haram, it's makro, but and they they they'll be oblivious to whatever else is told them afterwards. It's vape, you know, when you're young, oh, what's wrong with smoking marijuana? It makes me happy only. I'm like, oh my god, there's no harm whatsoever. Even with the vape now, it's it's bad. I'm at work, and the manager at work. He yeah. just pulls out a vape, go, like in the room, take a cup of puff in the middle of a shopping center, whatever, and just goes about his day. Kids, 12-year-olds, 14-year-olds, walking around a shopping center, they're like, because you can't, you put it away. Like, if you pull out a cigarette, you're not going to put it in your pocket, yeah. and that's it, it's gone. But a vape, you look, you see the smoke, you turn around, it's gone, and there's no, no one holding anything, yeah. it's in their pocket. Even on know. the street, bro, when I'm driving, I saw something flashing on the floor, like someone dropped their phone in the middle of the night. Flashing, I'm looking at it and there's like a vape on the floor. Just I think it needed to be charged or something. Flashing light, I'm like, well, did you sell it? No, nah, did you charge it? <laughs> I didn't have the oh man, USB C. All of a sudden, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, um, the what what stood out to me is with the, with him advising the cameraman. Um, he was harsh to him, and sometimes I think we get upset being harsh to people, but sometimes. Who was harsh to him? The, the, sheikh? the sheikh was harsh to him. Uh, I can't remember exactly what he was saying. Um, the harshness. Oh, yeah, no, Allah accept, not, yeah. May Allah either accept your hajj only if you break your. No, no, he said at the end. May Allah accept these du'as um, if you stop smoking. And may Allah not accept these du'as if, if you keep smoking. If you keep smoking. Yeah. Something along those lines. And then imagine just 
it's like a trump card. Like, I think sometimes you need to be smacked back into reality when you're so desensitized to something, or when you're so used to something, and he just smacks you in the face, and you realize, yeah. oh, like what happened? Yeah, you know? it could be anything. It's like, for example, I don't know, driving without a seatbelt, without a phone. You get so used to it until you have a car accident, then that shocks you for the next couple of years. Yeah, and that's the reality of the situation. Sometimes we need a big shock. Yeah, and you you gotta suss out the person and know what's gonna shock them. Could be like that du'a that the sheikh made might require something less, you know, or less like intense yeah. or something more intense than that. Um, but nothing should stop you from trying to advise someone. And that's with 100%. kind words, advice, dua, whatever it may be. And ultimately, that's the whole purpose of this book in yeah. trying to make you better so that you can then better those around you. And I think should, people should start, honestly, you were saying it last time, people being on a receiving end and actually taking advice when people say it. Yeah. People give it to you, don't be so, oh, he was rude to me, or he was this, or whatever. You know, he could have said a nicer way, he could have done this and that. Like, just take you, it you and threw, run. You threw the whole point away because of something small, you know, something so, little you want to focus on. You yeah. know, and just explode. May Allah safeguard us all, man. May Allah safeguard us all. Amen. Let me wrap us up on this chapter. Did you have anything else you wanted to add? No, it's uh, quite repetitive. Yeah. Um, let me <coughs> just scroll down because I haven't memorized it. It says, your, your Lord has said, call me and I will answer you. That is in Surah Al-Baqarah, I believe. I'm not. Anyways, what does it say on your one? Not man. I don't know. Is that Yeah. Is that I'm typer? Alright. Patching Last things up. Last but not. What do we have time? What do you reckon? We can finish this in ten minutes, so Yalla. we can make it to Asha, or Jeez. you wanna leave for another week? Ten minutes. It's two pages. Alright, go. Patching, patching things up. Patching up. Yeah, that's what I got as well. Like your jibrock. Go, go, yalla. You start. You're gonna have to start, bro. <laughs> I skimmed through this chapter. <laughs> oh, um, it's been a very busy. We got. We leave you with this short break. Let's leave it for another week, bro. Let's leave for another week. Plus, we can that way we can prepare for Asha. We can go make a door. Now we're thinking of the people. That's it. هذا والله أعلم صلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم. السلام عليكم. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah.